Ladies and gentlemen, you got Chris Thomas. And DeAndre Burton. And you're listening to the Running Back Sports Show, Sports for the Culture. What is going on, everybody? What is going on? And you're catching us on 98.5 WJYN, Uptown Radio, Philly.org. And we are live on YouTube on Uptown Radio 98.5. If you want to call to join the discussion, ask us any questions, NFL, NBA, or just anything related, the number is 215-763-9596. So I uh, want to welcome again back my co-host, Deontay Burton, who we haven't seen on the show since... <laughs> You I knew you was going to bring that up since first. January. Woo! And, uh, yeah, a lot has happened since January, Woo. man. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, the 49ers went through two quarterbacks, a Christian McCaffrey. And, you know, hey, listen, man, listen, you, you, you've, been giving, you've been giving my team licks. It's only fair I give you team licks. You know what? That's fine. You know, as the last time I was here, we was all watching a game. And when we was in the center, as soon as Brock went down, I was like, yo, we in trouble. Yeah. I went home, <laughs> at, like, it's halftime. I went home at halftime, and I was like, yeah, this game is over. It's not good. So I've been hearing it. So I've been hiding for some time now. I'm back out of hiding now So because football season is about to start. But shout out to the Eagles for playing, for having, I want to say, one of the most Magical seasons in NFL history with Jalen Hurts, you know, A.J. Brown, the defense and everything like that. And one thing I hate, I know we, the NBA Finals yesterday, but I want to touch on this right quick. One thing, the, the main thing that people always talk about is the rich get richer. So you have the Eagles and Jalen, a bunch of Georgia boys now. Then you got my boy DeAndre Swift coming back home from Detroit. Back home to Philly, it's going to be hard, even for our team, considering being, a, you know, one of the top elite teams in the NFC. I still think the Eagles are still the team to beat in the NFC because they didn't lose too much. We took Javon Hargrave. That's okay. But you guys just retooled and rebuild, and now you're even more scarier. Absolutely. You know, how we had a really good master class in terms of, you know, for agency, you know, we lost T.J. Edwards to uh, Chicago, but we still had N'Kobe Dean in the worst. We lost Javon Hartgrave, but that just opens up more opportunity for Jordan Davis to see more snaps. And, you know, and then also we got also his teammate and Jalen Carter, Philadelphia Bulldogs. Philadelphia <laughs> Bulldogs. They call him Howie. What they call him Howie? Rapist Roseman? Rapist Howie? Oh, <laughs> listen, I, I Listen, the name – it it I hate to say the name, but it, it it's okay because Howie is great at his job. We'll just call Howie a wizard, man. We we don't, we gonna call him wizard. Yeah, yeah, all right. So Howie the wizard because he's great at his job. Yeah, he's really great at his job because you just don't see moves like that from a GM at all. Yeah, and people consider John Lynch a great GM, and he's he's good in his regard, but he's not on Howie's level. Yeah. But it just goes to show you that in the NFL, there's about seven to eight general managers that knows what they're doing. And the rest of them either are doing just enough to get by or they have no idea what the hell they're doing. Yep. Yeah, and I'm kind of glad we're in that upper echelon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we kind of have been, like, for the last 20 years. Like, there was that one period where even Chip Kelly, like, the f- it worked. But the fact that we gave him more power – Right. To construct the rosters where he had. If we just let him stay a head coach, 
like if you had no say keeping Deshaun Jackson, like Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, Sean McCoy, it all worked in terms of what he wanted to do for that offense. Right. But the offense responded to Nick. You didn't need to go out and get Sam Bradford. Right, exactly. So, but the Eagles have been, you know, a master class of what a front office and what they should be like over the past 20 years. Like, we've had great offensive lines in, like, for more off for, for, since Andy Reid up until now. Right. Yeah. I think really, like, the only thing we really lacked, like, like, and this is just from a historical standpoint, is wide receivers. And now they're now beginning to figure that out. Right. So, I, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think the main parts you guys did lack was, you know, when Donovan first started, it was Todd Pinkston, James Thrash, you know. The linebackers was cool. It was J- Jeremiah Trotter and a few others. Um, but then it started reversing once T.O. came. Then it went back. Then you guys have Kevin Curtis. Kevin Curtis had a monster year one year. And then Dante Stallworth came here. So the Eagles have been, like, I would say, like, the all-around, for each year, they have an all-around team on all phases of football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I can't wait for this season because I think this is going to be, once again, like, another great NFL season because just from the aspect of what I'm expecting from what I'm seeing from all the quarterback play, probably with the exception of, like, Tampa with Baker Mayfield and, like, yeah. what we're seeing from Arizona with now Kyle yeah. Murray having a torn ACL. This is probably going to be a great year for quarterbacks. And yeah. I know, especially with all the rule changes geared towards quarterbacks, you're going to see, like, which quarterbacks is – which quarterbacks have it and which quarterbacks don't. Right. So, Agreed. like, obviously, like, we got, you know, Trevor Lawrence fresh off a of playoff when Calvin Ridley comes into the fold. Yep. We're going to see how Justin Fields, you know, now with a guy like DJ Moore, who's a legitimate wide receiver one – How's he going to be able to take that leap? Jordan Love is finally going to get an opportunity yep. to prove himself now without that big looming shadow of number 12 out, out of Green Bay. And speaking of Green Bay, the Jets probably got their best quarterback in franchise history right now, Aaron Rodgers. Time. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to see how him and Garrett Wilson and you know the rest of that wide receiver staff is going to work. Lamar Jackson, Odell Beckham, uh, Zay Flowers. Mark Mark Andrews, Devin Duvernay, uh, Rashad Bateman. This yeah. is the first time that Lamar Jackson. This is going to be the year that put up a shutout for Lamar. You got your money, yep. and now you got a competent wide receiver core in order for you to showcase yourself. Yeah, that's that that's and that's exactly what it is. That you also got to add like another quarter, other quarterbacks. Like even though I don't like him too much, Derek Carr, New Orleans. See what he does. Deshaun Watson has a full year now. See what he does. You know, Joe Burrow, he's still here. Justin Herbert, can he get better? Josh Allen, the Madden cover guy now, what does he do to take the next step? Like you said, it's the year of quarterbacks, and it's a lot of quarterbacks now to make to make that jump this year. I expected them to make that jump this year. Even the young fella, C.J. Stroud, um, the other one, um, Bryce Young, you know, can they step in and really do something with it? Will Levins, eh, Tennessee got some things to work out with that. But there are a lot of a lot of starting quarterbacks I see that can actually have a successful year this year. Yeah, absolutely. And we still got to we still got to keep an eye on for where DeAndre Hopkins is going to go. Right. He just had a two year. I mean, he just had a two day stay over in New England. Maybe he might go there, and that'll help out Mac Jones. He's also said that. He could be interested in going originally going back to Houston, which could be huge for CJ Stroud. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that. That'll be big for CJ to actually have 
a go-to receiver um, back in Houston because there's something they need. That was something that would help them a lot, yeah. you know. And then, you know, we forgot to mention Patrick Mahomes, the Super Bowl champion. He's still he's still relevant, you know. Is Russell Wilson going to take another step further with a new coach in Sean Payton that can actually help that offense out? So everybody, everybody now is kind of quarterback set except for two teams, I would say. Tennessee and, no, three. Washington, because we don't, we don't know what they're doing. Indianapolis, we got to see how Anthony Richardson play out. And then, like I said, Tennessee. So those are the teams that eh, we could push you to the side. But everybody else has a quarterback that can get some things done. I'm not really worried about Anthony Richardson because – of the head coach that they got, Shane Sykin, who's the former Eagles offensive coordinator. So he's been in the building for two years watching how J- how they game plan for Jalen Hurts. And you got this six foot four rocket arm version of him. So just imagine the read option plays yeah. with him and Jonathan Taylor behind an offensive line. Yeah. You yeah. know, him being able to throw to Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce. Yeah. You know, they have some really good side tight ends like a Mo Alley Cox. Yeah. So and Shoot, like Desmond Ritter. Like, they surrounded him with weapons. Desmond, like yep. B. John Robinson, Kyle Pitts, uh, Drake London. So, hopefully, this is going to be a make-or-break year for Arthur Smith to see if he's able to get this offense going together. If it was really Marcus Mariota's fault or, and Matt Ryan too old, or just the fact that he just really just can't cut it out right. as a head coach. Right. And the funny thing is, y'all got Mar- Marcus Mariota way too late now. Yeah. That's that's the crazy thing. Marcus Mariota is now a Philadelphia Eagles backup quarterback when he should have been a starting quarterback here years ago. But hey, it happens. Yeah. And once again, you're listening to ninety eight point five WJY and the running back sports show, sports for culture. If you want to call to join the discussion, the number is two one five seven six three nine five nine six. So you know, we'll get back to talking some more football. Yeah. But yeah. let's talk about, you know, what happened last night. The end of the NBA season uh, come to a conclusion last night. The Denver Nuggets, for the first time in franchise history, will walk away with an NF- as NBA champions with a 4-1 series win over the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic wins the finals MVP. And a lot of good storylines happened. Jamal Murray, who... Had a really unfortunate torn ACL right. yep. injury two years ago, being able to come back and be a champion. Jeff Green, who had open heart surgery back in 2012, 11 years later is now an NBA champion as well. Yeah, DeAndre Jordan is the fir- is the only one now out of that entire Lob big City, three yep. in Lob City to host the the host that trophy as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me see who else. KCP, a two time NBA champion right now. Aaron Gordon. Um, people that forgot um, second runner-up dunk contest winner who should have been who should have at least won one or tied for one is now an NBA champion. Ish Smith, who was probably one of the unsung heroes of that Sixers season, is an NBA champion. I'm I'm su- I'm 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 happy for Denver that they won. Um, Jokic is probably um, the best. The best player in the NBA right now, I still think Giannis is, but Jokic is number two. He's he's up there. He has proved this season that he can carry his team, you know, through the playoffs. And it does help to have Jamal Murray back now, healthy, because that showed a bigger difference for him to actually really do what he wanted to do. So I, I really I'm really happy that Denver won, but I'm also upset that Denver won because now. 
that number 15 is Jokic's number. Carmelo Anthony is no more. There's nothing else about Carmelo in Denver. So Carmelo being tied to Denver, you might as well cut I mean, those ties. Right, the Eagles won back-to-back MVPs. Was it really Melo's number? <sighs> no. A- after that, after the back-to-back MVPs, it was like, okay, Melo, we're just going to scoot you out. And it's so sad that Denver wins the championship the year Melo retires. <laughs> that is insane. So it was like a looming cloud over Denver. Then Melo retires, and it's like, okay, we won the championship. But – yeah, it's, 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 congratulations to them. They played, I don't care what any other analyst said today about their finals run, who they had to play and everything like that. They got the job done. They played who was in front of them. They got the job done. They didn't play around. They didn't, you know, they 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 got it done. That's what they were supposed to do, basically. Yeah. Friend of mine or the, an underman son's team took two wins from this team. Oh yeah, the yeah the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, We're the only team to do so. Yeah, everybody yeah. else only got one game or got swept. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But see, I think with that Phoenix Suns series, I think y'all was the only team that could have possibly beat them. But I don't think that Kevin Durant was there that long. If KD was there long enough, and Chris Paul, well, Chris Paul always get hurt, so mm-hmm. we're not going to say that. But if KD was there long enough, I think KD. And D book figured them out and get them over the hump for sure. Now the issue is is that Monty Williams waited way too long to like go to Terrence Ross and oh, yeah. T J Warren as well. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just like, so what so like Devin Booker and Kevin Durant's really the only one putting up shots. Yeah. DeAndre Eaton is a stiff. He can't work without Chris Paul. So I'm like, Oh dang, we, we don't have enough scoring. I'm like TJ Warren, Terrence Warren, Terrence Ross. They're sitting right on your bench. Meanwhile, you're giving Landry Shaman all this run. He's he's making 10 mil a year. I'm like, I don't care. Bench him. You you, you signed. So basically, Terrence Ross, that was the right move. He picked Phoenix over my team, the Mavs. He was like, I don't want to go to Dallas. I want to go to Phoenix, which should have worked perfectly because he could have got shots on that second unit because he is – like a second unit player. He he could be a six man of the year if he gets that time. But Monty Williams didn't play him, so it is like, yeah, you know. And DeAndre Aiden, I don't know what Phoenix is gonna do with him. Um they talking about shipping him to Dallas. I am not hundred percent sure about that, but <sighs> they should have just let him go to Indiana. Like I like here's the thing they like, should have. I'm just like, dog, sign a trade for Miles Turner. It works for both teams. He doesn't want to be here. It, 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 you, you correct, 100%. If they would have let him go to Indiana, let Miles Turner go to Phoenix, honestly, I think we have Miles Turner. I'm not saying he's going to shut down Jokic. I'm just saying, like, he does a good job of at least slowing him down, at least on one-on-ones. Miles Turner would have been more effective because he can shoot the three. Yes. DeAndre Ayton is all in the post and everything like that. But it seems like sometimes when he gets out of games – he he just he's out of it completely. He just like I don't want to be here. I don't want to play no more, and that's why he doesn't do what he's supposed to do. But like you said, your team got two wins off of them, and you know it is what it is. But shout out to Denver for winning their first NBA championship. Yeah. You know that's that's great. That's great for them. Yeah. And one of the questions that we have is that with. Now Jokic being an NBA champion and Finals MVP, does that make him now the best player in the, the association? No, I still think Giannis is the best player, 
um, by far because the only thing Giannis can do that Jokic can do is shoot. But we have seen Giannis lead his team to a championship already. Even though they lost to an AFC this year, it happens. It, it happens, you know. Jimmy Butler was just on an amazing playoff run, so that happens from time to time. But I still think Giannis is still the best well-rounded player in basketball. Um, then I, I could put Jokic at number two. I, I could put him at number two for sure. Now, the question is, who is number three? Is it Embiid at number three? That is the real question. And oof, that's, that's hard because I'll – if y'all know me, I'm a Dallas Mavericks fan, so y'all know I want to say Luka at number three. But I will still put Embiid at number three, and then I'll put Luka at number four. I think, hopefully, this is this is my thought process. I hope that Embiid was sitting home watching Jokic since, you know, since the Sixers got out of the playoffs. I hope Embiid was watching Jokic and watching how he works and watching how he leads and watching all the intangibles that he does and applying it to the offseason to bring it back to the Sixers next season. I hope he was doing that because one of the things I've been getting on and be since he was named MVP, I kept telling people, I was like, that's what he really cared about. That's what he wanted. Now he got the trophy, and now it's time to put up or shut up. You got your MVP trophy. Now it's time to leave Philly to the next round at least, which you should have done, but you can't all you can't always blame him because you still have James Harden as well. So really Embiid, you're your number your number three, but hopefully you watch Jokic this playoff run and say, you know what, I gotta do better. Yeah. I'll say it. Jokic is the best player in the association because when you watch what he's able to do on a night-to-night basis is that obviously the big knock on Jokic is that he's not a defender like Giannis is or Embiid or like or even Tatum for that matter. But, but he plays solid defense. Yeah, so like he does enough on defense. Like, right. That, that what he does on offense kind of makes up for like what he lacks on defense. Exactly. So, like, his ability to operate, and he operates on all three levels. He can operate in the post. He can operate on top of the free throw line. He can operate on the top of the key. His ability to get everybody involved. And the one thing that I've seen throughout now, like, this postseason is that, like, everybody knows his ability to play, make, and get each other involved. The, The only time that I've seen them legitimately struggle is that if you make Jokic a primary scorer. Right. Because yeah. the one that the two biggest scoring nights that Jokic had, which I believe were fifty three and forty five points, the Nuggets lost because right. nobody else was able to get involved. Right. But the one thing that I saw, like especially during like the finals, is that even if everybody else isn't really relatively getting theirs, if like Jamal Murray is able to pick up that slack. Yeah. Yeah. So Jokic has probably one of the best touches around the rim. Mm-hmm. Best when he shoots the three ball. It magically goes in like off foot jumpers, like crazy, stuff, crazy stuff you see like at the yeah. YMCA. Yeah, and the one thing that the biggest thing that I've also want NBA to take away and like learn this year is that like Jokic may may be pudgy, but he has his core strength. Yeah, is yes probably second to none, probably outside of probably like Giannis. Yeah, so like you've never seen 
Jokic get knocked out of his position, like in the right. post. Right. Where I've seen Embiid, like, he gets constantly knocked out because he doesn't have that core strength. Yeah. So, what he's able to do, how much he matters to his team, and now with the championship to prove it, uh, it's him and Giannis is one and is one A and one B. You can yeah. argue, you you can make the legitimate argument about who, you, who either or. Um, number three really doesn't matter to me at that point. Yeah, it's like a toss up. Yeah, like I can argue Luca if because a lot of listen a lot of those problems with the Mavericks. You know, like a hundred like a hundred percent transparency. It wasn't Luca's fault. No, I agree. Hundred like, percent. What you had is like first of all. I, I think Christian Wood was a bad signing. Yeah, I so I'm gonna counteract that one. So I think Christian Wood was an okay signing if Jason Kidd didn't have him on the bench so long. Jason Kidd, and and I think I know why he had him on the bench as not a starter. So Jason Kidd starting the season put Christian Wood on the bench. He said, "You're coming off the bench and everything like that. We're gonna start Dwight Powell." Uh, what's my guy? I can't even think of my guy's name. Uh, Maxi Kleber, you know, we're going to start them. Um, and I think that's what Christian Wood lost. He kind of lost his sense of mind of, you know, he's used to coming from Houston. You know, he wasn't a bench player. Even though Houston was a bad team, he was doing really well. But I think that's what kind of threw him off. But I also think that he doesn't have that dog in him that we needed to get over the hump. He could have been another scorer, but again, coming off the bench, he wasn't you. He wasn't feeling that, you know. Now he's more so. He, he's just, he's he's a starting player. I'll give him that. He's a starting. He, he's a starting four in the league. But with Jason Kidd, you have to have a lot more than just scoring. He doesn't just want that. And then on top of that, I think people say Kyrie messed our team up. The trade for Kyrie messed our team up. Kyrie personally didn't mess our team up. Because I felt like once Kyrie and Luca got together, we didn't have no more pieces. We didn't have Dorian Finney-Smith, who people talk badly about. I'm like, yo, Dorian is a 3 and D guy. That's Him and Luca was glue. They knew each other's spots and everything like that. And he helped us on that run last year to the Western Conference Finals, whether people understand that or not. So losing him... I got on Spencer last year, but losing him off the bench was big too. So you just had Kyrie and Luca doing everything. And also not pay Jalen Brunson. Oh, how do I feel about that one? Not paying Jalen Brunson. Well, for starters, we was going to lose Jalen Brunson anyway. For the people that's listening, we was going to lose Jalen Brunson anyway because Rick Brunson works for the Knicks, and he wanted Jalen Brunson to go there. So – Either way or not, Mark Cuban, the only the only thing Mark Cuban is fought at is not signing him at the beginning of the season, giving him that extension. At free agency, Mark Cuban already lost him. Once the season started, Mark Cuban already lost him because he already knew where he was going. So not, say, not signing Jalen Brunson, who I just want to say he – Jalen Brunson had a heck of a season this year for sure. He proved to everybody – and I knew he could do it. I'm not. I never said he couldn't do it. That's why when I say when he got to the Knicks, he's going to turn the team around. He proved that everybody. He's a starting point guard in this league, and he can run his own team. So definitely, Jalen deserved what he got for sure. 
But when Kyrie came, him and Luke was trying to figure it out, and I think they figured it out on who could take the last shot, who could do this, who could defer. Because Luka is a deferred player. Like, he'll get his shots, but he'll rather defer and let, you know, let people go to work. And it just – we didn't have no defense. So that's what hurt us the most. So I'm so I'm excited about the offseason, see what they bring, see what they do. If they bring in more defensive players, who are we going to draft? Are we going to trade our pick for somebody – for a higher pick in the draft, so we'll see for sure. But I can't blame Kyrie, can't blame Luca for the Mavs failures this season. So does that mean you're bringing Kyrie back? I would love to have Kyrie back. I think Kyrie gives us that Jalen Brunson look, but he's more dynamic scoring the basketball for sure. I'm not saying Jalen is not, but Kyrie is top tier, one of the best scorers in the NBA. So I would love to have him back, but does he want to come back? That's the thing. People say he do because he loves Texas and everything like that. But I'm not going to also not think about him going to L.A. with Bron, depending on what LeBron does, if he retires or not, which I don't I don't think he is going to retire this year. But, you know, it, it depends on what was his decision. I think if he does walk, that we have a lot of money available to sign somebody to bring in to help Luca for sure. Yeah. And to be honest, it's not just all of them. It's like also the pieces you bring. So it's like when you're constructing a team like that, it ha- the rest of the parts have to make sense. So it's like your, f- your, your front court has to be primarily defense. Yep. And it's kind of the same way with the Sixers where it's like personally in full transparency – I don't want James Harden back. I don't. Because I, I, I don't. Want, I don't want him on the hook for four years because in four years that contract is going to be really ugly. It's going to look worse than Tobias because I don't think his game is going to age well. Because right now, like you just barely see him getting past. Like if we're going to get past teams like Boston and like Milwaukee and like Miami, James Harden doesn't have that same spurt, that same burst like he did in Houston. And the one thing is, like, I feel like the common misconception when it comes to the Sixers is that everybody's talking about, like, well, you got to resign James Harden. You're in rocking the hard place because otherwise you close your championship window. I'm like, that's not necessarily the case. No. Because I need people to really fundamentally understand before the James Harden trade and Ben Simmons was sitting out, your starting front court was Tyrese Max. Your starting back court was Tyrese Maxey and Seth Curry with Joel Embiid. It was Joel Embiid and a bunch of shooters. They were third in the Eastern Conference. Before James Harden even played a game with the Sixers. Mm-hmm. They were only behind Boston, and they were only behind Miami at that point. Yep. Do I think they were going to win, obviously, without that? No, I don't. But it gives you a certain idea in terms of what is kind of needed in terms of the surrounding beat. They were still the top defense before the James Harden trade. Yep. Joel Embiid was still doing the MVP things. Yep. Still carrying that team. Honestly, I feel like he should have won the MVP that year, yeah. given like everything that was going on, especially with the Ben Simmons situation. Yeah, that's why when people talk about like, oh, Joel Embiid got a PD MVP award, I'm like, no, you could like Joel Embiid had a case of making an MVP for the last three years. Yeah, that's why I don't understand like the stupid arguments. Yeah, him, him, and Jokic was neck and neck for MVP. Yeah, that year you're talking about when Ben Simmons was sitting out, he should have won it that year, but I think he got hurt at the end. That kind of messed him up. Yeah. Um. Last year, it, I, I give it to Jokic last year. It, it, Jokic was just a little bit above, but Joel was not that far up. Yeah. This year, for sure, Joel deserved it, for sure. Yeah. But I agree with you. Uh, 
I've talked to a lot of people and I and and they said the same thing. They don't want James Harden back. I don't think you should bring James Harden back. Let him go to Houston. This is the time that the Sixers should at least consider. You know, and you guys hire Nick Nurse, and I hopefully he does do this. Consider putting the ball in Tyrese Maxey's hands. Let Tyrese Maxey and Embiid work. Because I think with those two together, they Tyrese Tyrese still has the youthfulness on his side. So, of course, and, and if you watch the games, you see what Tyrese do. Yes. As soon as he get the ball, he can go into the lane. He can float. He can finish around the rim better than what anybody think he could. He can. He's, like, one of the best finishers I, I've seen in a long time. Yeah, and that's the one thing I'll at least give, like, Doc and the, the former coaching staff there. It's like when Tyrese Maxey originally started off, he just started doing floaters. Right. Once he got uh, – once Doc and Sam Cassell got into his ear, he was like, bro, you got to be a stronger finisher. That's when he started him seeing, like, being a lot more aggressive around yeah. the rim. Yeah. And also his three-point percentage, like, he started off shooting, like, like 32 33% his rookie year. And over the past two years, he's been one of the best three-point sh- yeah. shooting guards in, in basketball. And, so, and he's clutch. He's a clutch player. Yeah. And the one thing also is that, like, the lack of pick and rolls that I'm seeing between Maxie and Embiid, it to me, it's it's staggering because the pick and roll works with with both of them. Because let's just say like um, a, a bigger defender uh, gets on the uh, try to defend Maxie. You pick and roll. Tyrese Maxie gets a mismatch with a bigger, slower defender. Right. Be able to finish with the cup faster. But right. if they're doing drop, that means Maxie gets an open mid range mid range yeah. jumper. Yeah. Or or wide open three pointer. Right. If but the one thing is, is that Maxi is not not even close to being even half the playmaker James Harden is, which I think is the next element of his should be next element of his development uh, as a guard. If you're going to put the ball primarily in Tyrese Maxi's hands, that means you're banking on him to be the primary playmaker for your team. That's, and he that's can't true. do that yet. That's true. I, I, I can agree with that. I can see that. I feel like if you guys get a point guard, if – if he wasn't hurt, somebody like Alonzo Ball or something. If Alonzo wasn't hurt and he was on a free agency right now, I think he would fit the Sixers perfectly because he's a point guard that will dish the ball. He don't care about dropping 20. He don't care about dropping 30. He, 10 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, 2 steals. Yeah. That, that could be a that could, If y'all get a point guard like that and give and put Tyrese Maxey into like the old Allen Iverson set, make him the two guard. Make him the scorer, dump it down to Embiid, pick and roll with Embiid. You know, had the you know point guard set up the offense, run an old triangle offense. I don't know what Nick Nurse is going to do, but something like that, I think the Sixers will be way. It, it, they will be unstoppable with that one-two punch of Embiid and Maxi instead of Embiid and Harden, because like you said, Harden is a step slower and he's older and he's not getting past anyone. He's a good facilitator. I can't take that away from led him. Led the league in assists. Yeah, led the league in assists. You know, once once he gets going, he gets going as far as shooting the three ball. But people are still expecting James Harden to draw 10 fouls a game, and it's not happening no more. He's not getting to the lane anymore like he used to. So if he wants to He's go not, to like, – Even when he drives down, he doesn't even look at the basket. He just no. looks for the foul. Yeah. If, if if he wants to go to Houston with the Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr., Alex Sangoon, Jabari Smith, all of them, if he want to go with there to them, the young guys, then so be it. Let him go. 
let him go that will free up money for the Sixers to sign somebody to fill in that point guard. Nine million, but yeah, I know. Like we're like that's the thing. Like even if Harden leaves, like that's the rock and the hard place we're talking about financially wise. We only have nine million to spend, which is good for a mid-level exception, and that's essentially it. So you have to offset some other salaries. Like, let's see if you can get rid of for a concord mouth for like a second rounder. Good, you could which, do that. Which is $5 million off the contract. But the biggest albatross right now on the is, is Tobias Harris's contract. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. The, that, that, I think that decision should happen this year. I think you guys should move Tobias. I think it's time for him to go. I think he served his purpose. He did what he was supposed to do. But... It's not working. It's not working. If Brett Brown, and this is why a lot of people hate Brett Brown, if Brett Brown would have kept Mikel Bridges, we would not be having this conversation about a 3 and D wing for the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. Honestly, there's a lot of points where, like, you can look at where it's like, well, we would have done this. Like, something would have done differently, which even goes back to Sam Hankey. And yeah. the problem is, is that I read today, like, the Doc Rivers, I think he went on the Bill Simmons podcast, and he explained pretty much, like, why he was brought in. I was like, we don't have an, we don't have a culture. And it's like, I was brought in to change that culture. And I'm like, that has literally been the pro- Sixers problem for the last 10 years, I going back to the process. At least when Doug Collins was here, there is somewhat of an identity here. Yeah. Even though the biggest blunder to Doug Collins was like, I don't want to coach DeMarcus Cousins. I'm like, so that's why they took Evan Turner. I'm like, yeah, that I was stu- that was stupid. I'm like, you would have got DeMarcus Cousins. The team at least would have won the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, that was stupid. But, yeah, but it goes back to that. It's like, I and I've said this verbatim. I said this ad nauseum, and I'll say it again. I don't have an issue with Sam Hinkie was trying to do. He was... He was trying to work a flawed system in the NBA in regards to tanking. Yeah. The same thing that we're praising Oklahoma City and the Spurs now for whatever reason. Yeah. But got vilified and they forced they forced him out for it. But here's the issue. You have to have a plan. I understand. The, 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 the goal was to gain assets. But eventually, you have to do something with those assets and mm-hmm. you have to figure out what exactly, what kind of direction your team's going. Are you going to go small ball? Are you going to go, you know, Triangle, or are you going to try to build a triangle offensive set? Yeah. Like, it also has to match what your coach wants to do as well. There is no identity in terms of what we were trying to do. Right. Our four first-round picks was Nerlens Noel, Dario Sarge, Joel Embiid, Jaleel Okafor. One of them is still here. One of them is still here. Three of them were centers, and one was a power for, one was a bench power forward that didn't come here two year, until two years later. Yep. What is Karosha contract? What the hell are you going to do with three centers? If all three of them are healthy, how the heck are you going to get all of them in a rotation? Yeah. And that happened in 2016 when MB finally stepped on the court. Yep. And and I feel like the Sixers kind of, kind of, um, the New Orleans Noel pick, I, I didn't understand. No, I did. Because if he was, if he was, that's real, if he was healthy, he would have gone number one overall. Yeah, but the fact that he true. slid was just the fact that he tore his ACL. Yeah. Yeah, and that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, that Norland's Noel wasn't a bad pick, I wouldn't say. Jaleel Okafor, and, it wasn't. And technically wasn't a pick. We traded Drew Holiday for him. Our pick was yeah. essentially Michael Carter-Williams. Yeah, Which, that's true. In my yeah. opinion, we gave up way too fast. Yeah, I think, I, I, I agree. I feel like the Sixers gave up on NCW way too fast because he showed you that very first game flat. He Nine almost steals. had a 
Nine quadruple steals. double Nine against steals. the NBA record. champ against the defending NBA champions at that time. I was at that game, and everybody talked about his shooting percentage, and it was like, who else is going to shoot the ball? And the thing is, is that like every in that's what the one thing I just couldn't stand because like every single time we did something, it was like, oh, Sam Hinkie, such a junior. I'm like. Why do we give up our only ball handle? I was like, well, look at shooting percentage. He wasn't going to get much better. I'm like, how do you know this? Granted, Michael Carter-Williams still really isn't much to say about, but he could have worked out here. He could have been a backup guard. Everything that people literally complained about Ben Simmons, that literally was Michael Carter-Williams. That's Except true. Michael Carter-Williams was willing to shoot. That's true. That is true. He was six foot, he was six foot eight, could guard multiple positions. Um was a good playmaker. If you developed him properly, he could have been an NBA starter. Yeah. I'm like, why is it that we are the only team that doesn't know how to properly develop and evaluate talent? Boston knows how to do it. Toronto knows how to do it. Yeah. You guys know how to do it. I mean, you guys are the international are the international are the hub for international players. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the Nuggets literally know how to do it. We are the only team that does not know how to develop develop players. And when they don't pan out, we say, well, well, they weren't that good anyway. Yeah. Because we don't know how to develop players. Yeah. All right, I all still right. say this. Like, everybody talks about, like, oh, well, the Jimmy Butler Sixers was the best, was, like, the best incarnation of Philadelphia 76ers. Like, honestly, I do. I take. I would disagree. I think the team that we had before that, when Benson, the first year Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons played together, was the best incarnation of that team. Oh yeah, because they was they was playing together. Yeah, yes. yeah. Fifty two wins. Even when Joel was, even when Joel got hurt, that team won. Ben Ben took over, and Ben looked like an all star. Surrounded Ben with shooters. It was that was to me the closest thing you had to an identity, in regards to what you were trying to build. You had two, you had two young stars, and you surrounded them with competent role players that you developed into your system. T.J. McConnell developed under him. Robert Covington developed to an NBA All Defender. Dario Sarge developed to a competent role player piece. You got legitimate veteran bench shooting help with Marco Bellinelli or Sonny Eliasova. Yeah, that was the best incarnation of that. Yeah, team. that was that was a good. You should have yeah, just built on that. But the yeah. problem is, is that as soon as you saw all fifty wins, you should have took you should have took your time like Boston did. But the problem is they got impatient. You made the Jimmy Butler trade. Granted, it was a good deal. But then also you double you double you double dipped in your tip. You traded whatever little resources you had left for Tobias Harris. Yeah. And after that, it you kind of screwed yourself because at that point you were way too top heavy. You could only run a seven man rotation. Yeah. Joel Embiid was played absolutely horrid, sick or not, against Toronto. And then after that, Jimmy Butler leaves. You're that you're afraid at that point it was like, man, we can't let Tobias lead too. So you signed him to 180 million on a which panic was, move. Yeah, which was a bad idea. You traded for Josh Richardson. You, you spent a hundred million dollars on Al Horford, and that didn't work. At that point, you're kind of screwed. And then, granted, shout out to Darren Morley for the first month you traded. You you, you you flipped Al Horford for Danny Green, but at that point, it just goes back to my point. We've had four different general managers over the last ten years. Yeah, you can't build any sort of consistency or identity with that many with that many chefs chefs looking over your still no you can't and I, I definitely agree with that because it's like like you said with the Joel and Ben first year team y'all had an identity y'all had players y'all had shooters Joel goes down Ben steps in he steps up he's averaging like 20 and 10 a game 20 he's uh, he's almost averaging a triple double each and every game when Joel was out Okay, next year they, they lose in the playoffs. Next year, yeah, you know Jimmy Butler trade. Okay, cool. They lost off of a bounce. 
a bounce. Now it's Riff. Do we want Jimmy? Do we want Tobias? Do we want to keep Brett? Okay, Jimmy walks. Sign Tobias. Keep Brett. Keep Ben. Ben is now unhappy. Now Ben is not doing what he's supposed to do. Now ship off Ben. Get rid of Brett. It's like you got you right. You guys don't have a culture. The one thing I can say about us, even though it's bad that we just got rid of him, Rick Carlisle. Even though Rick Carlisle was running us, you know, he was he, he him and Luca was bumping heads, but we had a culture with Rick Carlisle. After we lost Avery Johnson, because you know he lost to Miami, we got rid of him. We brought in Rick Carlisle. He rebuilt that culture and made us a championship team. Then ushered Dirk out for his last final years and everything like that. Brought in Luca and everything like that. Now we just got rid of him. You guys had, you guys definitely had Brett Brown, Doc Rivers. They have Nick Nurse. Then, like you said, the the multiple GMs walking in and out, and then the multiple number one picks. You know, first round picks, lottery picks. Jaleel Okafor, New Orleans Noel. Um, Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz. Another person we didn't get time to properly develop. I, I agree. I, I, and and it's funny to say, if anybody is listening, like, I, I talked to a lot of people, and they said they were willing to bring Markel back. So, and I, and I feel like he didn't really get a chance after his injury. He really didn't get a chance to develop. Y'all let him go. Y'all didn't even, like, okay, you're fully healthy. Because because after winning fifty two games and getting to the second round, they got a little big headed. They were like, "We're not in the business now of developing players anymore. We're trying to win now." And then every single, to me, the Sixers after that season is the equivalent of them trying to run a get rich quick scheme. Yeah. Okay. They are literally they're literally Ed from Eddie from Ed and Eddie. Yeah. They try to do all these get rich quick schemes and they constantly keep getting burned instead of just doing it the old fashioned way. If you let Markel Fultz develop into what he is right now. Which is a guy averaging what, like, like sixteen, like eight, sixteen, six and six. Yeah, like we could use that right now. Yeah, like, heck, honestly, right now, like, if the Magic is willing to be like, yo, fine, well, Markel Fultz is on the expiring deal, like we Tobias on the expiring deal. If you're willing to swap that, then fine. I said that. I said, listen, if you trade Tobias for Markel. Tobias might Tobias gonna wind up getting bought out anyway because he's not gonna stay on Orlando, but that would be a perfect swap for the Sixers to bring Markel back to make him a primary ball handler. Tyrese can continue to play off ball exactly, and, and Markel can pick up the better mat, the can pick up the tougher matchups on the guards. Yes, and then at that point it frees up money because at that point you're kind of offloading Tobias has 39 million for Markel's like what 17 18 million yeah he's so it gives money. you more advantages to get more athletic 3D guys that's what I need yeah. or we can be able to resign uh comfortably guys like Jalen McDaniels or like Paul Reed yeah. which to me are all which is perfect for Nick guys like Nick Nurse yeah yeah the Sixers need some athleticism definitely in in and like you said they don't have it because they're Getting rid of assets, they give they giving up on people too quickly, and hopefully Nick Nurse has a plan. Um, listen, Fred Van Vliet just declined his option, so maybe you can get him over here. They said something about who declined his option? Fred, Fred, Fred. Yeah, yeah. that would be a nice. Uh, I don't know how he will work here, but yeah. Yeah, he's he's a good player. They also said something about trading for Pascal Siakam. I don't I don't know. I don't think that's gonna work. Yeah, that's not. No, that's not. Going I, I, you're not gonna get Tobias Harris or Pascal Siakam. No, that's. That being said, I wouldn't mind Pascal here because Pascal 
playing his natural position at the four with Joel and B could work. Yeah. Especially defensively. Yeah. But I don't that's not I'm gonna be hundred percent real. That's not real that's not a realistic Yeah, that's not a realistic deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's not realistic. But yeah, y'all just need some athleticism. If y'all can get somebody like an OG and an OB or guys of that caliber yeah. that plays defense on the wing. Um that's now guys because like scoring. Daniel House. Daniel House, yeah, exactly. Like, cause you saw, like, in that little spurt, like, in that, especially in Game Five, him coming off the bench, being able to run the floor, being able to switch on defense, yeah, him being able to shoot threes. We need more of those guys. Yeah. I'm just like, why? Yeah. Why every single year we consistently concede ourselves to being so old and so slow? Yeah, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. But <laughs> you just, you just gotta. You got to build around the team. You know, you got to build. You got to find out who your core, your core star is. Your core star is Joel. We already know that because Ben is not here no more. Yeah. Then you got Maxie, you know, after him. Now build around them. Stop. Don't even think about going, just for example, don't even think about going after LeBron. Don't even think about going after Dame right now. Don't even think about going at the Bradley Bill. Stop with the get rich quick. Exactly. Build, do it the old-fashioned way. Yeah, because like you said, Boston did it. Milwaukee did it. Toronto did it. Toronto the did it. Are literally the Nuggets is doing Nuggets it. Nuggets was a second round pick. KCP was a good free agent acquisition. They developed Jamal Murray. They took a chance on Michael Porter Jr. even with the injury red flags. He's still there. Exactly. He didn't. They didn't get rid of him. Even Mike Malone said when Jamal Murray tore his knee, and Jamal Murray felt like they was going to trade him. He said, "No, you're ours. We're going to help you back to get you back to where you were, and you're going to help this team win." And that exactly shows. Because they believed in Jamal Murray. So you just need, you know, some people in the front office to believe in the six, you know, the players on the Sixers. That's that's all it is. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I like the addition. I've always been a fan of Nick Nurse as a coach. And hopefully, I've, I just pray that Nick Nurse can finally get in Joel Embiid's ear and be able to finally register a message that he's be able to, like, okay, I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this to heart. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because cause now it, it's time for, like I said earlier, Joel got his, he got the MVP award. You got it. You got it now. Now it's time to put up or shut up. You got your award, put it to the side. Now it's time to go to work and actually get in the post, bang in the post. I still think he's afraid of getting injured. And one of the things about MB, he he gets injured off a freak accident. I don't understand why that happens. Yeah. It does. Like even this year, even this year was a freak accident. Freak accident. Why he gets hurt? But if he stopped worrying about injuries and just go out there and play, banging a post, if he got like, to work on your core strength, like yeah, like 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 call Akeem and see like how like, how were you able to do it? Right. Like like call like a soul brother. Spend a month in Spain and see how they were able. To yeah, do it. yeah. That's that's a good point. Like, like do something that's completely out of your comfort zone in order for you to do it. Yeah, because I think I think. A lot of people, I don't know if you are, but I think a lot of people is tired of the MB grab the ball in the post, turn around, face up four, dribble crossover, pull up with his leg out, shot. I think a lot of people is tired of that now. Um, my thing about the whole, like, getting the post and, like, as opposed to him being a jump shooter, it doesn't matter to me either way. I just want – but I also think that's a coaching issue as well. I want – whatever Nick Nurse is going to do, I want him to – Make an offense that gives Joel and me easy shots. Yeah. 
as opposed to, yeah, just give it to Joel. He'll figure it out. Yeah. That's that's not going to win you anything. Yeah. Like, so, like, if you want to make, like, Joel, like, come off screens and then him hitting an open range jumper, or you want to do a pick and roll with Tyrese Maxey, and then Maxey's speed and gravity gravitates everybody towards him, and then it gives a dump off right yeah. to Joel. Yeah. No, I agree. The only time you need Joel to do what he does frequently is a close game. In the game, you need a bucket. You're like, here, Joel, take it. But you can't run that set every play because that's basically what it is. Yeah. Like you said. Like, if, like, my thing is that, like, if Joel wants to, like, go down a scoring average to about, like, what, 25, 26, and, like, rest on, like, rest a little bit on offense through that way he'd be able to maximize his defense. That's that's fine. Yeah. That's you're, still, you're still an all star player. You're still averaging 25 and yeah. getting 12 boards. Yeah. It's not that many centers in the league. You, you can do that. Exactly. Once again, you're listening to 98.5 WJYN, the Runner Back Sports Show, Sports for the Culture. If you want to call to join the discussion, that number is 215-763-9596. Look, I'm surprised uh, none of your friends or uh, fan club is calling you. <laughs> no, nah, they're not calling me today. <laughs> <laughs> they was like, no, we already they already gave me enough. Oh, wait. Yes, they are. Look, somebody, my friend Carlton, shout out to Carlton. He said, look at you giving the Eagles credit. Howie Hero, Ski Mask Howie, how could you forget? <laughs> Carlton, I don't want to hear your mouth right now, but we we talk all the time in that group chat. You know, oh. we we uh, okay. This is, all right, this is interesting. All right, we're gonna go back to the NFL a little bit. Okay, so Fanduel uh, posted the top ten second and third year quarterbacks. Mm. Okay, let's see. Number uh, number one on the list is Trevor Lawrence. Okay, I believe that. Okay, number two is Justin Fields. Yeah. Number three, Kenny Pickett. Number four, Mac Jones. Number five, Brock Purdy. Number six, Desmond Ritter. Number seven, Trey Lance. Ooh. Eight is Sam Howell. Nine, Davis Mills. And ten, Zach Wilson. Why is Davis – What? wait, no, not Davis Mills. Why is Sam Howell up there? <laughs> wow, okay. So, wait, 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 wait. What What year Jalen Hurts is in? He's in four. Year, year four. Year four, okay, so he just missed it. Yeah, he just got this. He's, that's the reason why yeah, he got Yeah, he's got extension. this extension, yeah. So, he's in year four now. Wow. So Trevor Lawrence, yes, is correct. I don't know. Some of them names, Zach Wilson is gone, so you might as well just get rid of him. Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, you got what you wanted. You, Aaron Rodgers is there. You would never see the field ever again unless you go to another team. So I agree with the Trevor Lawrence thing. So the thing about Brock Purdy, and I was talking to my regional manager earlier, I don't want Brock Purdy back right now. He's just coming off of surgery, um, and we don't know how that elbow is going to be. Carlton, I know you're probably about to say something smart in my text message because he said, you know, he always texts and say, yeah, Reddick put that boy out. Reddick put him down. <laughs> that is true. But um, I don't want Brock Purdy to play week one. That's what the 49ers is aiming for. I really <laughs> want them to really give Trey a chance, really give him a chance. Trey has been – you know, a lot of y'all are not 49ers fans, but I, I watched, you know, I watched the practices and everything like that. Trey has looked like Patrick Mahomes this offseason. And the reason why is because he's been working with Patrick Mahomes and his quarterback coach. So Trey has picked up a lot. And I think he has learned a lot. Now, of course, we got to see it translate on the field when he played real defenses and everything like that. But the way he moved, the way he's ducking in, you know, out of the offensive line and everything like that, throwing sidearms like Pat Mahomes, he looked just like him. So I really want the 49ers to actually give him a chance to start. 
Because to be honest, I still think Trey Lance should be our quarterback because he has the higher upside. No offense to Brock. Brock did a lot of good things last year, but I, I really fear that this injury will hold him back. And then, you know, maybe we could ship Brock off to Washington or something. Look, I've always, listen, I've always been a fan of Trey Lance. Like when watching this tape in North Dakota State, and, and I always and I always told you, like if Shanahan gets his hands on him and he realizes his full potential, that's his second chick opportunity at Robert Griffin III. Yeah, and totally. an offense with Ayuk who who says I, I want to have a breakout year and prove that I'm a legitimate NFL wide receiver and one of the best receivers in the game. Debo Samuel, who admittedly said, like, yeah, I had a down year last year. Yeah. George Kittle, who great tight end, second best tight end in the league when he's fully healthy, but that's also the caveat. He needs to stay healthy as well. So you guys have plenty of weapons in order for Trey Lance to maximize his ability. Exactly. So you're also in a good position where it's like you have three starting NFL quarterbacks on your team. Yeah. Which is really rare in today's day today's day and age. Yeah. So in regardless, I think you guys are gonna be fine. Like you have one of the best coaches in cop in uh, Shanahan. Yeah. And who's your defensive coordinator now? Because since the Beagle- Steve Wilkes. So Carolina's old Carolina's head coach. Well, he wasn't Carolina's head coach to start, but he was Carolina's interim head coach. Yeah. So he's a good defensive coordinator. So he said he already said he's not changing so much. He's only changing a little bit, you know, due to the departures of like Jimmy Ward and stuff like that. Yeah. But absolutely, and you guys are stacked defensively, especially in that front seven. Yeah. But is it better than y'all's? No, not yet. So we we still we still catching up. But yeah, I, I really think like if we want to win now, like Brock Brock took us on a run for sure. But I think give give Trey give Trey that chance. You got like you said, Debo. You got Brandon. You got George. You got Christian McCaffrey. You got Kyle Uzcheck. You, you we have offensive pieces to get it done. Yeah, you have multiple playmakers in which you can play in multiple positions. Multiple positions. Multiple positions. And I think with Trey Lance's development, like I said, we'll see in preseason, if he can get these people to ball and everything like that, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be good. I think my only fault my only fault with him last year was he wasn't (laughs) learning how to slide and that's what got him hurt. Otherwise he would have played the whole season. I think he would have picked it up quicker, but that kind of brought his development back. And honestly, right now it's like it's Philadelphia, it's San Fran, and then it's kind of like at that point it's like up in the air. Else. I don't know who's next. You know, it, then you always have to include Dallas in the conversation because the talent yeah. wise. Yeah, I gotta include cool Dallas. My mom's yeah, probably listening. I, listen, I hate to give you know the the silver star dev, devil is due, but I think Brandon Cooks is a really good signing. I mean, yeah. a good trade. Yeah, like Ceedee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup down on the slot. Yeah, and I think Cooks kind of offsets them losing Dalton Schultz. But the big issue now is that, like, is Tony Pollard going to come back fully healthy? And being because he got injured during that playoff game. Yep. And now with Zeke gone, with him being the primary ball carrier, is he really ready for that full? Is he ready for that full uh, responsibility being the lead back? So that's the thing. So, you know, I was looking up earlier. They saying, even though I think he's going to Miami, they saying Dalvin Cook could possibly land in Dallas. But is he going to take a one-year deal? I don't think so. I think Dalvin Cook is looking for a multi-year deal. That's why he's going to Miami. But 
if they get somebody like I think like Dalvin Cook is just posturing. He's going to go. It's it's set in stone for him to go to Miami. It yeah, makes it's too much sense for him. It, it, and then we, you know, you know, it's crazy. Like we talked about quarterbacks, we didn't even bring up Tua in this Miami team because if they get Dalvin Cook, you got to think about it. It's Tua, Tyreek, Jalen, Dalvin Cook. Don't get Raheem Mostert is still behind him and then Mike Gusecki. Then also by the fact that now they got Xavier Howard on one side and Jalen Ramsey on the other side. So that's a team to definitely look out for. Well, Buffalo need to look out for. I don't, you know, they got to look out for Miami. You then know. you got the Jets. Personally, I feel like this. If Tua stays healthy, that's my pick to win the East. But the problem is that, like, if he stays healthy because the concussions are a real thing. Yeah. But with Tua's on the field, that that's a legitimate playoff team. And now with the threat of getting a Dalvin Cook, which kind of – Shores up probably their weakest position. Yeah, that's that's an offense that's not going to sneeze at. That's a team that a lot of people are going to start using on Madden. Yeah, and then Mike McDaniel is the old 49ers offensive coordinator. So all the things that you've seen, I know people say they don't like it, but all the things you've seen with Jimmy Garoppolo with the read options and then the quick passes, everything like that. That was a lot of Mike McDaniel, but now he has a quarterback that can kind of stretch. And the I don't think he gets a lot of, and I don't think he gets enough credit for like what he did last year. No, he doesn't. And and I think, you know, people in San Fran still have a lot of love for Mike McDaniel. We wanted to see him win, and he definitely has won. Even though, like, he took some of our players with him, which is understandable because D'Amico did the same thing. He took some of our pieces with him. But Mike McDaniel turned that Miami team around, changed that culture, and now they, they really believe in themselves. And now they acquired Jalen Ramsey. It's like, now this is your year to challenge Buffalo. And also, you was about to say, now the Jets, Robert Sala, another student under Kyle Shanahan, now has a legit quarterback. He already had the pieces offensively and the pieces defensively. He just needed a quarterback. Now that he got that, they're going to make some noise because people don't, and these to all my Aaron Rodgers haters out there, y'all don't believe in my man no more, but he still got it. He's still top five quarterback in the league. I know Patrick Mahomes is number one, but – Aaron Rodgers is still that top five quarterback in the league. He's going to get it done this year. He's in a new scenery. I know he's following the Brett Favre path, but I think Aaron Rodgers is going to get it done with the Jets. Do I see them winning the Super Bowl this year? That's kind of tough because I got to see all the teams first after practice and preseason and OTAs and everything like that. But they they, they could be a Super Bowl favorite to, to go against Kansas City in the AFC Championship. Honestly, uh, that reminds me. When I get paid next week, gonna make some more bets on FanDuel, you know, because I got a little. Uh, I'm gonna put some money. I'm gonna put all my money in the Dolphin stock, and I'm gonna pick Houston to win the AFC South this year. Oh, Houston, the way AFC South. Uh, so over. So you picking Houston over Jacksonville? Oh, that's tough. That is tough. I think to me, I think that's the best case scenario. Because every year we kind of see a worse to first. Yeah. I think that's probably the. I think them in Chicago is probably the best opportunity for them for those. To oh yeah, worst to first. for sure. But the thing is that Tennessee is. Yeah, they. I, I put Tennessee's kind of MIA. We don't know exactly how much Anthony Richardson is going to be able to adapt. I mean, we can say the same thing about CJ Stroud, and and then it's just Jacksonville, and Jacksonville truly has developed, but. My thing is, is that Houston was in a lot of games last year with Davis Mills. Yeah. And I feel like if you had a much better quarterback, I 
a lot of those a lot of those um, second overall running on the second overall pick they could have won they could have won the division also yeah because so it's like yeah. you got CJ Stroud you got uh, Damian Pierce the offensive line is actually pretty good yeah in which is really says a lot about which says a lot about you know given the history of the Houston Texas offensive line yeah killed David Carr's career before he they, even got started. Sh- uh, I've been hearing Tank Dell's been having a really good practice. Him, him and Stroud are developing chemistry. Yeah. And I said this before. If they somehow, D'Amico Ryan's be like, yo, go to his former teammate and be like, yo, why don't you come home, bro? Like, Bill O'Brien is gone. You know, the old, the old, the old order is gone, bro. Like, come on. Let's make some magic happen. Let's do uh, I, I think that could happen. I really think that could happen. I really think he could pull in D-Hop. I really think he could. Yeah. I really think that if D-Hop does come, they yeah Houston Houston could win that division for sure, especially depending on how CJ play. I, I, I mean, for for some reason Ohio State quarterbacks recently has been playing well in the NFL, so yeah. I, I really see that happening. Yeah. Well, this is the well, this is the year for Justin Fields to prove it, and hopefully CJ Stroud can get off on the ground running to kind of debunk that. Yeah, I think I think Justin Fields also he will he will prove that he can be more than a running quarterback of course um last year he had to run for his life we we all saw and everything like that but they won games with him running for his life now with dj moore and everything like that i think now he has a legit receiver because more like now he has an entire year with learning under learning with chase claypool darn yeah. mooney is there yeah and you, you know got, they you fortified their offensive line with you know their, their first round pick yeah getting getting darnell right from tennessee and they add more pieces on the defensive side of the ball as well. Yeah, I, I really think Justin Fields will take that step further. That division is up in the air, of course, because nobody believes in Minnesota. Detroit, ugh, Detroit was there. But do Detroit still believe in Jared Goff to get the job done? I don't know. Or will they tank for Caleb Williams? I don't know. So we'll see about that. And then, of course, Jordan Love. I'm, I'm actually excited for Jordan Love. Um, to see what he does with that team. Um, I don't think Green Bay will make the playoffs this year, but I think Jordan Love will have a good good year this year for sure, showing the people that he learned a lot from Aaron Rodgers, just like how Aaron Rodgers learned from Brett Favre, and he's ready to take the team to another another level. They just, I think Green Bay needs some more pieces for them to go to the playoffs. It's not Jordan Love. It's their other pieces around them on their defensive side. Mm-hmm. And then you still got, whew, like you said earlier, it's the year of quarterbacks. You got to think about the AFC North, Joe Burrow, Kenny Pickett, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. What is that division going to look like? Yeah, I'm just going to go out on a limb here. It says if everyone stays relatively healthy, I got Baltimore winning that. I got Baltimore winning the North. I agree. I think, I think Baltimore is the more talented team, you know, adding OBJ too. Uh, we got to see how he is. Um, if OBJ plays in a slot, at least still plays like how he used to play. At least play like how he was with the Rams, at least enough. I think they definitely get, all, get over the hump this year, too. And they could challenge Kansas City for that crown as well. You know, they got arguably the third best tight end in NFL right now in Mark Andrews. People say he's number one. People say he's number two. You know, but Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, those are your three best tight ends. And well, dang, you forgot the, the the guy in New York now, Darren Waller. Four. Those are your four best tight ends. So 
with Mark Andrews still being there, you know. How about Dallas Goddard? Five. Dallas Goddard. It's another one. So that's your, those are my five top tight ends in the, in the NFL right now because I don't think Kyle Pitts was – he was just shelling himself. But I think, you know, it dealt with the new quarterback too and the new system and everything like that. So we'll see a Kyle Pitts step up after that. But those are your five best tight ends in the NFL. So I think Mark Andrews with the OBJ will probably get more – one of them is going to get open a lot because either they're going to double Andrews or they'll double OBJ from the jump, and Andrews is going to get open every time. And that opens up things for Zay Flowers. And that yeah. opens up things for Rashad Bateman. Yeah. And that opens everything up for Lamar to really just sit back there and just throw the ball. And if Lamar could show earlier throughout the season that that he that because of those because now he's got legitimate playmakers around him, that opens up the running game also. Yeah. So like now it's like you can't play everybody up in the box because at that point, let's just OBJ plays, puts a double move, and you're just leaving it alone. OBJ has a 50-yard touchdown right then and there. Same with Mark Andrews. Yeah. And Jay Flowers is a speed threat right then and there. So, like, that point you have to play off, and then you have to hope your front four gets him. And then when you look at the AFC, not a lot of good pass rush there. No. Like, one pass rush, you know where to go. NFC. Yeah, I mean, NFC I mean, is. I mean, that's kind of a trade-off. It's like, you know, we got NFC has the better defenses, obviously. <laughs> and the AFC has the better quarterback play. Yeah. But, but yeah, because – and that's what – and that makes sense because once Lamar starts playing these teams that don't have that pass rush, he's going to be able to just zone read J.K. Dobbins running up the middle. So, it's that's, that's going to work. Hopefully it works. I, I believe that Lamar is going to work. For sure. Absolutely. Once again, you're listening to 98.5 WJYN, the Run Best Sports Show, Sports for the Culture. If you want to call to join the discussion, the number is 215-763-9596. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you do a little bit of activity, you know, because I'm going to try a little segment. All right, pick seven teams to make the playoffs. It could be from the AFC or the NFC. Ooh, seven? Yeah. All right. So I can do about, I can do about NFC, AFC. Okay. So NFC – Eagles. Okay. 49ers. All right. You got to go. i put Chicago in there for that division. Okay. NFC South. Uh, I want to say New Orleans. So that's four. Then you got your wild card, Seattle. Still think the Giants and then Dallas. So those are the teams I'd say NFC. AFC, you got. Hold on, Giants. Dallas, and you said Seattle, right? Yeah. Well, them teams is going to be fighting, for sure. Okay. Real quick, if that's your seven, and I'm on DraftKings, right now, if you do a seven-lay parlay of those seven teams you say right now, $10, if all seven of those teams make the playoffs, $10 will give you $461. Got to download DraftKings again, y'all. Make sure you got that. Oh, no, this is FanDuel. Oh, it's FanDuel. Oh, I could do that. That's that's easy. All right, AFC. AFC. So AFC, I got Kansas City, mm-hmm. Buffalo. Oh, how oh, how bold? <laughs> Buffalo. Uh, let me see. Baltimore, and I'll say Jacksonville. Those are the those are the division winners okay, now. Coming Baltimore up. Now coming up. 
you got Miami. I'll say Miami. Mm-hmm. New York. Oh, Jets? Yeah. I'll put them two in there. And then I'm going through the divisions. I think I hate. I'll put Cincy in there. I think the Chargers miss it again. I really think the Chargers miss it again. Okay. Because the odds are a lot higher for, you know, these AFC teams to make the soup, to make the playoffs. So, if you do this seven-line parlay, $10 will get you $178. Ooh. Well, the NFC sounded a lot better. Yeah. NFC sounded a lot better. Yeah. Ooh, I'm definitely going to do that. That's a good, that's a good one. But, yeah. I mean... It's, it's always up in the air, you know. You don't know what what happens with injuries, who get injured, who gets hurt, you know, mm-hmm. you know who will surprise you, who takes a step forward. So it, it depends, but you know, definitely believe in my division winners for sure. You know, you guys win a division, we win a division, Chicago win their division, New Orleans win their division, Kansas City win their. So you got Chicago, New Orleans. San Fran, Philly, and, and Philly, winning their divisions. Okay, if you do, if, if you do just a division bet for all four of those NFC teams, ten dollars gets you three hundred seventy-three dollars. Ooh, that's a good one. Definitely got to do that one. Definitely got to do that one. Yeah. And then the AFC, who I say in the AFC, Baltimore, Kansas City, Baltimore. Buffalo. Wait, I think I want to change Buffalo now because Stephon Diggs is not at practice right now. Ooh. Ah. I want to, you know what? I'm going to change from Buffalo, and I'm going to say the Jets. I'll give the Jets. I'll I'll get the Jets to play for that one. And then Jacksonville when the AFC South. $10, 3 4 Still around the same amount. That's that's pretty good. That's, I I like those. I like those odds. I like those odds. I'm gonna have to place those bets later today. Okay, let's see. I got Miami. Okay. Baltimore. I'm gonna be bold and pick Houston. Ooh, that's the that should give you a higher payout. It does, and because I have my sanity, I'm gonna pick uh, the Chiefs. Yeah. Everybody. So ten dollars. We'll give me one thousand nine hundred. Oh, that that Houston one. Yeah, it's that Houston one. Yeah, because Houston has plus eight hundred in order. Oh God, it's it's not it's not a far fetched bet. It's not it's not a far fetched one though, because you make good points about Houston well, listen, coming up. All all I know is this: that if the, if the regular season rolls around and it's like, yeah, if you want to cash out now for five hundred dollars, you better sale, do it. I'm like cash out. Yeah, cash out. Take that money right now because anything can change. Anything can change in FanDuel. I'm like, you fool. I'm like, I'm like, oh, breaking news. Uh, Damian Pierce is going to be off for a number of weeks. <laughs> yep. Let's cash out right now. Give me my money. I was almost there. Oh, man. You know, two Gs would have been nice. I'll take this quick 500. <laughs> it's, a quick, it's a quick come up for me, yep. for sure. That's $500 I didn't have <laughs> like two weeks ago. Yeah, right in my pocket. Like, yep, I needed that. All right, let's see. Eagles. I believe so. <laughs> Chicago, you know, Justin Fields, my boy, so yeah. I'm going to go with him. That's the South is, oh, man, the South is interesting because, like, I'm stuck between is Atlanta with all the playmakers and the free agency moves that they have, am I going to trust that? Or I'm going to trust the fact that 
Carolina right now has the best quarterback in their division with Frank Ooh. Ah. Think about it. They got Miles Sanders, good offensive line. Adam Fields yeah. is a good veteran receiver. Yep. And their defense was not that bad. Yeah, their defense is not bad at all. No. Yeah, because think about it. Um, Stephon Gilmore still there? Mm, no. Stephon Gilmore is actually in Dallas now. Oh, yeah, he is. I forgot about that trade. He's in Dallas, yeah. yeah so but they still they still got Shaq Thompson and all of them. Yeah, so, still got, yeah. yeah, you know, they still got Shaq, still got Jeremy Tread, Jason yeah. Horn, Brown. Yeah. So they still got they still got some players on that defense. That's still like the biggest hang up for me. I'm not, I'm stuck between those two. Because I like what Atlanta's doing. I just don't I just don't know how Desmond Ritter's gonna be. Yeah, I don't I don't trust Desmond but too much. I like what they did and all I like I like the B John pick. I think if anything we're gonna do a league this year, I'm like, okay, you're on my board. So who's gonna take him first? <laughs> I feel like we're all just going to be standing in the room. It's like, who's going to take Bijan first? Yeah. It, it ain't going to be me. I, depending on what pick I am, I'm not taking no room in the back first. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah, so. But then you still can't ignore, ignore New Orleans. I know. I can't ignore New Orleans, but. I, I don't like De- Derek Carr, but you got Alvin Kamara. You still got. I think Michael Thomas is coming Kamara back. still in legal trouble. Michael Thomas hasn't played fo- meaningful football. That's game. true. They <laughs> still got. Um, but I, I. But their defense still, is still their sound. Defense is still doubt. Yeah. Stout. You still got Taysom Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Taysom Hill, who was supposed to be the starting quarterback and didn't turn out too well. I can't stand him. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about him bothers me. Yeah. Wait a minute. Hold up. So, wait. Is Jameis Winston still on their team? Or did he go somewhere else? <laughs> wow. Because I know they got D.C. And then, wait a minute. Who is Oakland? Well, we know who. No. We don't know who Oakland's starting quarterback is because there is a report that if Jimmy doesn't clear, he could cut. Yeah. Oh, uh, Jameis is still there. James is still there, so yeah. he's backing up Derek Carr. He signed, okay. a, yeah, he signed a base salary of 5.5. Oh, yeah, so he's still there, so he's going to be backing up Derek Carr. Yeah. Dang. I heard about that. Uh, yeah, I heard about that. I didn't think that. Ooh. Oakland was banking on Jimmy. Las well, Vegas. Las Vegas. Las Vegas was banking on Jimmy. Well, some people were. Some people was like. I mean, and if that happened, like, DeAndre, I mean, Devontae Adams was like, yeah, get me out of here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because, you know, a lot of people was like, oh, man, we got Jimmy Shoot, Garoppolo. Honestly, if anything, they might be in that run for Caleb Williams. Yeah. I think that that would be good for him to yeah, be in that It's not just that. It's also, you know, Josh Jacobs doesn't want to – it's not reporting to, o- to the OTAs either because he obviously with the money. way, you know, running backs are being treated now, he wants a long-term deal as well. Yeah, he wants a long-term Saquon deal. Saquon Barkley also. Yeah, Saquon, yeah. One, one of them is going to move, I think. It is bad how running backs is being treated now. So me and my friend Carlton, we have an argument every day that you can't win a Super Bowl. You teams don't win a Super Bowl with a top tier running back anymore. Yeah. So I'm still saying you can. It just depending on the team itself. So again, you know, y'all was there, but Miles Sanders wasn't a top. You know, he had a great a career year last year, but he got paid. So now he moved on. Y'all bring in DeAndre Swift. So uh, Christian McCaffrey, we have you a can, chance. You, it, but in the end, like your quarterback play has has to still be sound. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like the year, like Nick Foles was still playing out of his world, but we still had a really good one-two punch with J.J. and Garrett Blunt. Yeah. 
But they wasn't top. Well, they weren't top, but, but yeah. they were still a complimentary. Yeah, they was and complimentary. Then you still got you know Corey Clement still contributing in the run in the passing game as well. Yeah. But yeah. we was talking about like people like Ezekiel Elliott. You're not winning no chip with Ezekiel. You're not winning no chip with Dalvin Cook. You're not winning no chip with Christian McCaffrey. You're not winning no chip with. I'm trying to think of another top tier. I think we can win it with Christian. Now the other people, it depends because I because I feel like Christian is more. Like Dalvin Cook can he's he's versatile too, but Christian is way. Well, Christian is a part of it. He's not being the primary focus. Like, right, exactly. Like the way like you're going to be using him is complimentary. Yeah, like, as opposed to the way Carolina is using him as a focal point. Yeah, he was a focal point in Carolina. I think that's why he didn't get hurt yeah. this year because we didn't run him into the ground how Carolina runs him into the ground. So, but yeah, we we have this argument all the time. Yeah. You know, Austin Eckler, another one I think. I, I'm not really a big fan of his guy. I feel like he get injured a lot. But Austin Eckler is another guy who's a versatile running back who can catch out the backfield. Who can he look? He's he looks good on fantasy. He doesn't look good in real life. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the misconception when it comes to him. Yeah, exactly. Then yeah. Saquon Barkley too, another person who can catch out the backfield, who can run it down your throat. You know, stuff like that. Speaking of Saquon Barkley and the Giants, how do you feel about the New York Giants now? With Darren Waller as their new tight end, and my main man, Mister Jalen from Tennessee, going there. Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, that. Are you a fan? No, my uncle is, but he um that game when he went off on Alabama, yeah, I was man. like, whoa, okay, yeah, but yeah. I like the Hyatt pick for them because. Even though high, it's a one trick. It's a one trick they need. They need somebody to just like, yeah, I just need you to run this zero route and just like, yep, go down the field, which is something that Giants didn't have last year. Yeah, and but I don't, I don't think none of that really matters unless Saquon comes back. That's Saquon true. Saquon decides to sit out and be like, I want to bring, I want a new contract. If you got money for Daniel Jones, 100, 160 mil, at least try to give me at least ten to twelve. Yeah, I don't care if it's a short term deal. So like, but I like to do. I like the drafting of Hyatt, and I like Darren Waller. Even though Darren Waller is still has serious injury issues, yeah. He's also, he also brings a dimension which he also didn't have last year, which being a per- right. premier ball ca- ball catcher for yeah. Daniel Jones. Yeah, and I like Brian Dable. Yeah, as, as he's a good though, coach. Even though, yeah, even though he plays for the Jets, I like Brian Dable. He doesn't. I don't. He gets all the respect in the world for me for helping develop Josh Allen to an MVP top, type caliber quarterback. Granted, I don't think he, I don't think Daniel Jones is that yet. No. But I think with the moves that they make and the strike that Daniel Jones made last year, which first things first, he was able to stay healthy. Yeah, I think that's the biggest hurdle that uh, plays played Daniel Jones is his is an inability to stay healthy. Yeah, he was able to play healthy. He had a really good playoff game against you know Minnesota, which I felt like if anybody could have gone to Minnesota and just. Like Anybody can fry Minnesota. But he was still there. He did what he so. But by that logic, he went to Minnesota and did what he was needed to do. Yeah. And they just happened to run into a bus, which was us last year. Yeah. But I like what they're doing. I like the culture they were doing. The uh, they're building over there. You know, I want to see Kevon Thibodeau. You know, take that next step up. Yeah. You know, be that number five overall pick. You know. You know, be did that twelve you? to thirteen sack guy. That yeah. They draft, they're using number five overall pick for you. Yeah. No, I agree. I think I think the Giants – I feel like y'all division still is besides the Commanders. The 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 Cowboys and the Giants, y'all have the top tier teams in the division for sure. 
but is do they take the next step further? Are they going to challenge you guys? First of all, I don't, the, the Giants, they they got some work to do. Um, the Cowboys, that's that's probably still, even without Zeke, that's still probably y'all biggest challenge because with I don't know I don't know how Stephon Gilmore is going to play, but Trayvon Diggs on one side, Stephon Gilmore on another side. See, that's the thing. I, I'll fight you a little bit on the commander's pit because if they would have just been like, you know what, Taylor Heineke, we're going to stick with you for the rest of the year, no matter what. They should have done that. That would have been a playoff team. They should have had all four teams in the NFC East in the playoffs. They, they should have done that. them go bearing back to Carson Wentz to try to justify the trade to the begin with, it cost him that playoff run. It cost him a lot. And now with Sam Howell, he had a really good you know week 18 win against Dallas. And now you're bringing Brian Bienemy in there. Like I'm, I'm kind of curious how the offense is going to work now. Yeah, because they got playmakers there. They got Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson. Yeah, and we've seen, you know, Brian Bienemy under the Andy Reid, you know, umbrella. We've seen all the motions. Yeah, and you know, like lining up people in different positions. And Washington kind of has all those playmakers in a similar light to what Kansas City has, right? In order for them to truly implement it, it all depends on you know Sam Howell, right? Or measure what quarterback they get. Yeah. But it, I, that's going to be an interesting team to also watch. That's the reason why I didn't include them in that um, in in that team that's like, like Tampa, like Arizona. But even still then, Tampa, they still have some veteran pieces there. They got veteran pieces. It's just their quarterback play. Who, Baker, man. Baker. They're already arguing. Like trash. They're not like – yeah, like, well, that's of like course, the we, worst, that's like one of the worst quarterback battles of the Yeah, like, we, that's if, like, if that's Baker like, lose that quarterback, if he lose that quarterback matchup, he can never say anything again, ever. That's like, this is what people get mad at me when I pick on Alex Smith, but this is the reason why I pick on Alex Smith. That year when we had Mike Singletary as coach, Mike Singletary picked. JT O'Sullivan to start the season over Alex Smith. And I was like, so you're picking an NFL Europe quarterback to start over our number one quarterback. Shout out to the NFL Europe. Shout out to NFL Europe. And yet, Alex Smith got beat out by that quarterback. Even when he was healthy and played a couple games, he still had to sit and sit behind Troy Smith. That's why I make fun of Alex Smith sometimes. But I think, like you said, Washington, they had, they, they had the pieces. They still have their strong... Their D-line kind of resembles y'all D-line a little bit. They have a lot of good pieces on there, except for we don't know what they're going to do with Chase Young. They're talking about getting rid of him, which that would be big for anybody to get Chase Young. We can't take him because we don't have enough money to take him, but we would love to have Chase Young and Nick Bosa on opposite sides for sure. But Hey, Howie, work your magic. If I swear, if Howie gets Chase Young, this <laughs> NFL, I already said this NFL season was over when – how we pulled off the trade for DeAndre Swift. I was like, how? I was like. But DeAndre Swift needs to stay healthy. He does. And honestly, like, that's one thing I love about this running back core now. It's like, okay, cool. DeAndre Swift, you play the first half. Yeah. Sharp Penny, you play the second half. Yeah. And then take take as much time as you need off to get healthy, and then we end in January. Yeah. I, I agree with that. But I was, I was just like, because I was like, come on. Y'all not going to, like. Detroit, what are y'all doing? But then they take Jamar Gibbs, and I was like, okay. Another guy people need to watch out for. Yeah, yeah, they they were someone that's a bad pick. I was like, that's not a bad pick. So I see why. It's they a have. bad pick in the idea of like, 
because the way the NFL is now, you don't use first round picks on running backs anymore. Yeah. But in terms of what he's able to, you know, do for your team, I like the pick. Yeah, and then they and, still and got Amon St. Brown and everything like yeah. that there. And also, I don't think he gets enough. I think every I know everybody loves B. John Robinson, but Jameer Gibbs is just as good. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, yeah. Like, man, like, that's going to be scary. Like, like him, David Montgomery, Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah. Jameson Williams, when he gets back from suspension, like, that's going to be a Oh, right. He is suspended now. <sighs> How long is he suspended for? Five games. Okay, that's not too bad. Yeah. That's not too bad. Yeah. But he just came off an injury, and then you get suspended. Yeah. Once again, you listen to 98.5 WJY, and you run a bad sports show, Sports for the Culture. If you want to call to join the discussion, the number is 215-763-9596. So, right, the Eagles winning the division. Chicago going worse the first. I'm going to go with Carolina, and my hot take, all due respect, I still think you guys are a playoff team. I got Seattle winning this, the West this year. Ooh. You got Seattle winning the West. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, to that, I don't think they will win the West. As much, Gino, I lo- Gino Smith, I love you, and I think you did a great job last year. But I think Gino takes a step back this year. I think he takes a step back this year. I'm not afraid of no Bobby Wagner. I don't care if they got him back. But they do got the corners to match up. You know, they do got the corners. They, yeah, but they, listen, here's the thing. They're strong at where you're kind of weak at, which is the secondary. Yeah. Like, they all they always been like that though. They with, like, like D listen, I'm sorry, DK Metcalf, go uh Tyler Lockett, and now you got Jaston Smith and Jigba in the slot. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know what I sh- listen. I'm um, like, oh man, them, them we Seattle, still got them Seattle, San Fran games are going to be back to being like legitimate dog fights, like we yep. saw in the early 2000, yep. 2010s with Richard Sherman and Michael Crabtree. Yep, yeah. exactly. And but, I think I think that too. I think they they're they're definitely a great team on the come up. I uh, like you said, our secondary is the worst, you know. Yeah. But Jair Brown from Penn State, he's looking nice in camp. But I'm not worried about our safeties. I'm worried about our corners because, you know, Jimmy Ward is gone. Javarius Ward is still there. Jason Verrett is coming back off an injury again. again. And that one year he played, he was great. But I'm afraid he I'm, – I'm, I'm afraid for him. I, I really think we need – we need – we do need secondary help. That is, that is our weakest spot on our team for sure. Yeah. And now, you know, that's also our strength because, like, obviously Slade and Bradbury had bad Super Bowls, but both of them statistically were top five corners last year. Devontae Maddox needs to stay healthy. He's one of the better slot corners of the league. And the one thing I love is that we got a one-year project, uh, reclamation project in Greedy Williams. Oh, yeah, I got – oh, man. Like I said, the rich get well, so richer. Like you, need, you need quarterback help, right? So uh, if you want to throw we, us a few draft picks for uh, Greedy. We, I don't even think we got any more like that. <laughs> we, we've been moving them around. <laughs> I think we used them for the Trey Lance pick. But, yeah, we, we do need a corner. We do need corners. That's and that's why I was hoping we got Slay, yeah. but we didn't. Yeah, but if I what if I press, but if I use all four of these picks, $10 will get me $1,419. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. Not at all. Not at all. As long as you ain't picked the Rams to win the division. Why would I do that? 
They're not. They're that's not. That's like the equivalent. Of, that's like the equivalent of the Joker just like burning his money like in, like in the dark night. Yeah, the the Rams. They they sold their soul for that one Super Bowl, and they will never be back to what they were. Yeah. But the two teams with the worst odds to win their division is one the Arizona Cardinals plus twenty four hundred, and the Commanders at one plus one thousand. I will I will believe in the Commanders more than the Cardinals. Yeah. But let's just say, like, you know, you're feeling a little, feeling a little froggy. You got $10 to blow. And yeah. You, and you pick two of them. Yeah, put, put $10 pick, on the Cardinals to win the division this year. You, yeah, you won't you hurt know, you. If you, pick two of, if you pick both of them to, for them to go to worst to first, $10 will get you $2,700. Yeah, go ahead and do it. Put, put it. put it on those two teams and see how that operates for you. You, it's ten dollars. Yeah, you know, if both if both of them somehow magically end up two nothing by the end of week two, cash out immediately. Cash out immediately because I, who's going to be the Cardinals starting quarterback this year? Because Kyler is hurt, and if they stink, they thinking about moving Kyler for Caleb. So I I don't see them doing that though, but. It is right now. Colt McCoy is <laughs> their backup quarterback. <laughs> Colt McCoy is about to. And since DeAndre Hopkins is gone, their wide receiver core is Hollywood Brown, mm. Rondell Moore, and Greg Dortch. Yeah, no. Zach Ertz is still there, right? Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. Freeze the hashtag. Free Zach Ertz. Free ha- free Zach Ertz. Yeah, he yeah he should come back, be. Zach. Yeah, but <laughs> after y'all left. <laughs> The funny thing is, I always make this joke when, when y'all lost the Super Bowl, y'all left y'all defensive coordinator behind. Y'all's like, yeah, you can you can stay here now. We we'll move on without you. Is that what really happened? What? <laughs> when after the Super Bowl loss, y'all was like, okay, you can stay here now. We're gonna go home. This is your new home now. You're the new head coach. Oh, Jonathan Gannon, yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the only way telling there is like. Take the job because we ain't going to take you back. Yeah. Ooh, do you feel like he cost y'all the Super Bowl? In the end, yes and no. The fumble did hurt. Jalen Hurts' fumble did hurt because that gave, you know, the Chiefs some life and some momentum back in, mm-hmm. back in the fold. But that entire second half, all you needed was one stop. The way that both those teams were playing, all it took is one stop. And and, it, and like they said it best, like they knew that they they had a feeling that they lost when they had to settle for that field goal. And I'm like, yeah, looking back at it now, I'm like, yeah, that's what cost us. Mm-hmm. Had us having to settle for that field goal. The fact that they couldn't get a stop, the fact that they couldn't stop motion offense, and they kept had their, their consistent inability to not adjust to that. That's what cost them. Yeah, somebody that knows. Even though it's a different head coach, it's somebody that knows the Philadelphia Eagles best, and it's Andy Reid. So, of course, he was going to pull out all the stops on the team because it don't matter who was here, who's quarterback, and Andy Reid knows something about the Eagles. As you can see, Jason Kelsey was still here, and Andy, you know, Andy picked him. So, with that being said, yeah, it was the fumble did cost y'all the game for sure. But I want to take a minute to talk about Patrick Mahomes, and this is the second time I would like to say that he played just just okay to win the Super Bowl. He wasn't elite, 
So the two teams, I mean, of course, I mean, he lost to Tampa. He lost to Brady, of course. But the and Super You saw that dude, like, Madden throwing the animation and going to put in Oh, yeah, throwing it under. Yeah, ah, that's going to I'm like, you know that was an incomplete, right? Yeah, that, like, that's stupid. That, that's that so stupidity in the game. Like, oh, dumb. But the two, I'll like, never, he, he struggles. Forget, he, I'll, never, I'll never forget 2K for giving, for, for giving up playing. Making Matt for giving up for playing. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right now Madden is just literally the same game over and over and over again. It's nothing different. They just update the roster. So what I do is I wait till it becomes free, download it, then I play. I do not. I do not like, buy am, Madden. Am I going to get it probably when it's on discount? Yes. Yeah, that's me. I'm gonna get it when it's on discount or when it becomes free because if y'all notice. And NBA 2K does this too, but 2K is a little different because we all, everybody that plays 2K knows the my player is the the biggest thing about 2K. But with Madden, what happens oh, is I do my GM. I like a lot of people do my GM too. So you know, even though people, you know, women like to say that's the same game, it's really not. It's a little different. But Madden is the same game over and over again. It's the same thing over and over again. So it's a certain point in time. For if you're an Xbox member or you have PlayStation or even if you have Nintendo Switch, Madden does become free. EA Play allows you to download Madden for free. I'm just letting y'all know that now. It might it might be four months during into the season. Who knows? But it does become free. So don't rush. Never rush to get Madden because it's literally the same game. But, you know, some people don't understand that. They they still spend their money on Madden. But some of those Madden players will tell me, well, you spend your money on 2K. And I'm like, yes, I do. You're right. I <laughs> literally, literally, I'm the goofball. Yes, that's me. I'm the goofball that will put $150 into 2K every <laughs> year to get all my VC coins. I to need get, that VC. Get, get my VC, get my items for my mob player, and then at least get them to 85 and then go into the park with my friends and then try to grind that out. But, you know. But some some but back to man, some people felt like um Jalen Hurts should have been on the cover. How do you feel about that? What about Jalen Hurts? Some people felt like Jalen Hurts got cheated out of the Madden cover this year. Oh. I'm gonna say the same thing when people try to remember when they try to vote on the Madden twelve? Madden cover and the finals was Peyton Hillis and Michael Vick. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody was like, man, Michael Vick got off. I'm like, no, he did it because I went on there every hour to vote for Peyton Hillis. <laughs> <laughs> that is, the Madden curse is still real if people don't know what the Madden curse is. Yeah. The Madden curse is basically if you're the cover athlete of Madden, you basically will either get injured or have a down year. So who was on the cover last um, this past season? I can't remember because oh, I it was just John Madden. John Madden. Okay, so nobody was really on the cover, but the year that um, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes was on the cover, one of them won the Super Bowl. Um, no, that was the year the Rams won it. No, that was the year the Rams won. And who they beat again? Because that game. Oh, the Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals. So none of them was in the Super Bowl. They lost to the Bengals. You know the prior year before that. See this. See this guy. Twenty-one. That was Lamar and Lamar got hurt. Lamar got hurt. Madden twenty. He was on Madden twenty. We about to go through this. Sorry, I got you, man. Yeah, oh, that was Mahomes. 
That was Mahomes. And he he got hurt, but he went to the he did get hurt that year. Yeah. I think that's the year he had his toe injury. Yeah. That was the year he had his toe injury. Yeah. Who was next? On nineteen? Yeah, who was on nineteen? Yeah. Antonio Brown. Oh, we already know where he's at, so we can stop right there. So Antonio Brown is officially out of the league, and he hasn't done anything since Madden 19. So, mm-hmm. so I, I I agree. I said the same thing. I you know, it's good that Josh Allen's on the cover. Shout out to my family in Buffalo. I know you're excited, and I know a lot of y'all is going to buy that game. But Josh Allen is probably going to have a down year because he's on the cover. And a lot of the Philadelphia people are praising you guys for having Josh Allen on the cover. And I'm praising you guys because, I mean, none of my teammates, um, none of the 49ers were probably been on the cover. But just in case, if Christian McCaffrey did grace the cover, I would have been upset. I would have bought it, but I would have been upset because he would have been out this season. So, But I'm just glad. I'm just like, ooh, I mean, that Jalen Hurts cover would have been fired. But I'm just like. Yeah, hold on, hold off until we win the Super Bowl before putting my man on the. <laughs> hold off to this, hold off to the Super Bowl win, and then, you know, then y'all. At that win. point, like, listen, I I seen two two Super Bowl wins in my lifetime. I don't care at that point. That's actually from going from a from a franchise that had no Super Bowl wins to being the the win one, being in two, they could be three, possibly winning three. That's well, well. Well, four, like my first Super Bowl was back in 04. 04, yeah. Yeah. Then they won. Oh, yeah, so that is three. Yeah, so. Well, so three right now. Yeah, three right now. So, yeah, one and two in the Super Bowl. And the crazy thing is that, like, we could have won on three. <laughs> yeah. One of them, somebody was cheating. We ain't going to say no names. Yeah. Last year, you know, it just happened, you know, of course. I, which was the narrative. Andy Reid playing his former team. Andy Reid, is is he going to beat his former team? You know, blah, 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 blah. You know, a lot of, you know, a lot of Eagles fans are happy for Andy for winning that Super Bowl. They just happy. They just mad at how it turned out more than anything. Like, I'm if it was ha- just. I'm not happy for him. I'm not happy for Oh, you're not happy for him? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, happy for a damn thing. I watched my team lose. I ain't happy. Well, yeah, that's true. But it was a lot of people that was, you know, that still root for Andy. And they was like, you know, we're happy for him. But I mean, look, he already got a Super Bowl. I don't need to root for him anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he, he, he solidified himself as a legendary coach. I mean, he already did with the one Super Bowl against us. That's crazy. He beat us for his first one. And then and he beat you I still remember, like, where I was, like, when that happened. Listen. I'm I was at the Chiefs bar in South Philly. Oh. Uh, listen. I was in the house with family watching it. People, we, that pick. Running back for a touchdown, everybody was texting me, congratulations, congratulations, I want, finally won the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. I said, I was texting everybody back, I said, it's not over yet, we're playing Patrick Mahomes. It's not over yet, and I'm still watching. So, meanwhile, everybody cele- you know, everybody celebrating everything like that. Me, I'm still glued to the TV. Then it started happening. Then we started unraveling. Then Patrick Mahomes threw that, that extended play to Tyreek Hill. That was the game changer. Then after that, Jimmy Garoppolo missed the ball to Emmanuel Sanders to win the game. And that was it for us. And I haven't recovered since then. I'm just letting y'all know now because that was a hard 
time. They was like, y'all had it in y'all hand and y'all lost. I was like, it was Patrick Mahomes. I already knew. Like, people blame Jimmy for that game, and it's not all Jimmy's fault. It was the defense got tired. You know, they saw they over celebrated. They wasn't focused. They lost their focus for sure. But you know, it happens. Yep. Once again, you're listening to 98.5 WCYN, the running back sports show, sports for the culture. If you want to call to join the discussion, number 215-763-9596. See if we have any other questions. So question, do you think now, since Patrick Mahomes is a two-time Super Bowl champion, is he the best quarterback in football? Yes. Okay. He's been the best quarterback since like 2019. Okay. So let me rephrase that question then. Is he, did he move in the top? Uh, he's top 10, of course. Well, but like, is well, he. We're talking all time? Yeah. Well, he's top 10 all time. Did he move at least top five? Now. Let's see. He got two rings. Breeze only got one. Brady. Manning, Joe, <coughs> Marino. Ooh. Honestly, from what he's accomplished now, and yeah. and pretty much if he stays healthy and with now all the rule changes, I think he'll be the closest to break Tom Brady's records all the time, but most of Tom Brady's records. Yeah. I, th- I think he'll break Tom Brady's records. I don't think he'll break Tom Brady's Super Bowl rings for sure. Oh, no. Because that's, that's, that's – I don't know who's going to be able to break that record. I mean, shoot. Like, if there's anybody who could be potentially close to it, I think it could be him. Yeah. I mean, the Chiefs could over – the Chiefs could heck, screw it all and win it again this year. Yeah. And then I'm just like, oh, man, I got four to go. Yeah. Yeah. But just – Mahomes is, is a guy that – in terms of what we see as raw talent, he's now implementing it in terms of success. Yeah. Everything that we kind of hope as Aaron Rodgers fans is now being equated to what we're seeing in Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So I agree. right now, like, yeah, I got him in top five and he's in that five and honestly at this at this pace he could be knocking on that doorstep for Brady at one soon. Yeah. Yeah, I hate I you know, Aaron Rodgers is our guy for sure. Yeah. And, and I hate to take this from A-Rod, but I think Patrick Mahomes has finally passed him. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers got the, you know, the league MVPs, and we all know that. But yeah. A-Rod only has one ring. Patrick has two now. Now, if A-Rod runs another ring this year, then, yeah, Patrick is getting knocked back down. But I think he did pass him. Um, let me see. You see I, got, I got Brady. I got Manning, Montana. I think I still got Marino. But then again, I might have to take Marino out. Because I think, because even though Dan Marino was so great at what he done, you know, those those three names I named, they have Super Bowl wins. Brady, multiple. Peyton, multiple. Montana, multiple. You know. At least Breeze. Breeze got one. Brett Favre got one. Aaron Rodgers got one. Mahomes got two. So it's like Dan Marino 
as great as you were, you might have to come out that that all time great quarterback conversation now because that that no Super Bowl is hurting you right now. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it, it, it's crazy. I think this guy's only twenty-seven, and could be getting even better. Wait, he's only—he is only twenty-seven. Wow. So basically, now he really, to be honest, is just hitting his prime yes. as as a passer, because most quarterbacks don't really hit their prime until twenty-eight. You know, twenty like you said, twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty. So he's just now really hitting it. He's doing everything we thought. Well, I didn't think so, but people thought he's doing everything that Russell Wilson should have done too, per se. Russell Wilson won that early ring and haven't won since the debacle of throwing the ball, which is you know, to Malcolm Butler basically, and not running in with Michelle, um Beast Mode. Other than that, Russell Wilson will be a two time Super Bowl winner himself. But he's only, he's only a one-time Super Bowl champ, and that 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 hurts his legacy a lot, you know. But yeah, Patrick Mahomes, tag twenty-seven, two Super Bowl rings, two-time MVP. Yeah, he's yeah he's knocking on that door. If his career keep going the way it's going now, I yeah he he can eventually beat you know pass Brady, and then and then on top of that. To talk about it, Patrick Mahomes could be probably like the LeBron James of football because, you know, Tom Brady is the Michael Jordan of football. Patrick Mahomes might not reach the many championships that Brady has won or been in, but if he wins just enough to just scratch that ceiling, like four, people might still say he's better than Brady still. Yeah. Shoot, there's still people thinking Montana's still better than Brady because Montana – Never lost the Super Bowl. I do. You're right. Four and zero. That's true. Montana is four and zero in the Super Bowl. But I gotta admit that Tom Brady having more having more Super Bowl wins than Montana, then having more Super Bowl wins than a lot of franchises. You can't argue that. And then he owns every, mostly every passing record right now. Something that you thought that you know Peyton got it. Peyton done it. You thought that wasn't gonna be broken, but then Breeze passed him then he was like oh nobody's gonna pass breeze and here comes brady he passed him so it's it's a lot of people you know i think mahomes can get up there too and pass those guys and eventually you know be there now is he gonna hold the i like they call the touchdown the interception ratio record i don't think so i think aaron Rodgers is going to be the the only holder of that record All right. Overall, this was this was a pretty good show, pretty good discussions, good debates, good back and forth. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Still got a few minutes. So have you uh, – I'm going to ask you this question because I watch a lot of sports podcasts. So have you watched this podcast? It ain't strictly talk about basketball. They call it the player's choice on YouTube. Um, no. Okay, so they say a lot of – they say a lot of crazy things. So they're the new. So one of them is a former NBA player. I can't think of his name. But a lot of these guys, they watch basketball and they do it by analytics. So they have a lot of crazy takes. 
One of the takes was, is Jimmy Butler now better than Allen Iverson? Ooh, that was tough. That was a tough take. So a lot of so these guys feel like Jimmy Butler is better than Allen Iverson because Jimmy Butler been to two finals. Allen Iverson only been to one. Jimmy Butler is a two way player. Allen Iverson is only a one side player. And one of the things that they bring up is Allen Iverson's efficiency as why he should not be regarded as a top player because he wasn't efficient enough. So how do you feel about that? I think because the one thing I hate about basketball discourse now is that, like, we watch all these players in the 2000s, and we look at the shooting percentages like, oh, this guy was just a chuck. But, and not watch the context in terms of how they, how they shot the ball. Right. Iverson was playing with the Atlanta Giants. Yeah. He, on a night-to-night basis, he had guys like Kobe Bryant guarding him, guys like Ray Allen, guys like Paul Pierce. Tracy guys McGrady. who <laughs> six eight, six six. Yeah, we're talking about like six five, six six guys consistently guarding like a guy who if you honestly seen it in real life, think he's not six foot. He's barely grazing six foot. He's like five ten. Yeah. Five eleven tall on like most nights. Mm, yep. He's and like the way that the roster was constructed, it was just for him to score. He had nobody to play off of. Nope, he sure didn't. And compare that to way the NBA is now with all the pace and space and everybody being able to play more efficiently now, that's that's a little bit unfair. But listen, there are very few players throughout the last 20 years I would literally take over Allen Iverson. I agree, 100%. And Kobe's one of them, unfortunately. I know that's kind of blasphemous to say in the city of Philadelphia. No, it's not. Yeah, and most of those guys are front court players. So, like, obviously, yeah. because you get more mileage, you get more mileage, and you get more done with like front court players like Shaq, Tim Duncan. Yeah, but like right now, um, not LeBron in his current state. Like young LeBron, yes. Yeah. Um, but like right now, there's really not a lot of players. In the NBA, I would take over, like, a 25 MVP year Allen Iverson. Yeah. Like, Jokic and Giannis is probably, like, the only two I can name off the top of my head I would probably take over. Because he did a lot more with less. And people don't realize that. It's like he really was just, like, the only player, like, not the only player on the team, but the only offensive player on the team. Yeah, because if we drop Allen Iverson to 2023, that's, that's Kyrie Irving. Yeah, that's in a nutshell. Kyrie Irving, one hundred percent, and and people don't realize that. And I think they like Allen Iverson is starting to lose his value because of his stats and everything like that, and the way he played. But I think a lot of people, most of those people that say that they didn't live here and didn't see him in person and wasn't around the city. They just they just heard Allen Iverson of Philadelphia 76ers. As people that live here, this man had the city in the palm of his hand. And he still does. Still does. It's like how Chicago is with Michael Jordan. Allen Iverson is our Michael Jordan in Philly for basketball. And it's literally like he did everything for like, the city but so much. But this guy never won anything. I'm just like, you literally, it's like one of those things where it's like, if you weren't there to re- if you weren't there to witness it, then you're not going to get it. Right. You you don't understand it. He embodied what Philly was. He changed cultures. He basically uh, he was he was he was Philly. He was 
at one point it was like it wasn't the Sixers and the Eagles, you know, because the Sixers down here, the Eagles were still up here when Donovan and them was in a prom. Yeah. It was the Eagles and Allen Iverson. Yeah. Neck and neck. Yeah. All right. I got a question for you. I saw on Twitter it was like, what is the best team that you've ever watched to not win a Super Bowl? So I'm going to put this, I'm going to try to rephrase this question for you. What 49ers team you felt, because there's obviously like multiple entities of this, mm-hmm. like even like going back to the Terrell Lawrence, Jeff Garcia days, mm-hmm. and then you go back to the Jim Harbaugh, it's even now with Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. What year did you feel like was the best year for you guys to win that, so win a Super Bowl, win number six? Ooh. So the best year, I think, for us to win number six and I really, really, truly believe this. The best year for us to win number six is with when we got Anquan Bolden. I felt like that team with another pass catcher, uh, with Michael Crabtree on one side, Anquan Bolden on the other side, Vernon Davis in the middle, Colin Kaepernick doing what he does, Frank Gore, Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman. These, those guys right there was the reason we should have won a Super Bowl. I really... I really hate the fact that we lost to Seattle because Colin Kaepernick wanted to throw the ball to Michael Crabtree yet again, the same play that we lost the Super Bowl in with the first place. But we had Anquan Bolden. It, it, that, 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 was, that was the team. The team that lost to Ray Lewis and them, That we were a good team that year, and that was cool. But when we brought in Anquan, that – that really it wasn't in the script for you guys to beat beat Ray Lewis in his retirement. No, year. we wasn't we wasn't beating them. Thank you. You know, I, I give Beyonce a lot of crap, but Beyonce helped us back in that football game for sure because we was getting blown out after Jacoby Jones ran that one back. You know, but that next year when we got An- when Anquan came to us, that w- that was our year. But it was so much turmoil with Harbaugh, um, Greg Roman, who I still hate to this day. I don't know why he still gets jobs at an offensive coordinator because he runs the same schemes over and over again. He don't allow his running quarterbacks to run. He wants them to be pocket passers, and he makes them second-guess themselves, which what happened to Kaepernick. He was second-guessing himself. But that year, we going, we we never played at home in the playoffs. Wild card, beat Green Bay again. I forgot who we played in Divisional. But then when we played Seattle, we was right there, and then we lost. And that I feel like recent in recent memory, that was the best team that, sh- as a 49ers team, should have went to the Super Bowl. The Jeff Garcia T.O. days, I know, definitely not. After they left, definitely not, because we was like 2-14, 6-10, We definitely wasn't going to the Super Bowl then. But that, that team right there with Anquan, Michael Crabtree, Frank Gore, Vernon Davis, Colin Kaepernick starting quarterback, Joe Staley, left side, you know, everything like that. Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman. We had it. We had it right there. And we and we blew it. So that was that was the best I think that was the best 49ers team overall. What about Eagles was? I still say to this day. I can concede, you know, last year. I can see last year, you know, Chiefs were the better team. It was give or go either way. I've literally said I went back and watched that 04 Super Bowl, um, Super Bowl 39. 
And the one thing that really burned me is that, well, a couple of things. If Tio was healthy, we win that Super Bowl in a lap. Mm-hmm. Because you clearly see, like, Owens was still T.O. He was still making great catches, nine catches, 122 yards. But those plays with which he went out of bounds, he kicks it in the second gear and he torches New, New England second Oh, yeah, gear. for sure, yeah. 100%. Number two, no Chad Lewis, no security blanket for Donovan McNabb. Yeah. And he had the two touchdowns against Atlanta. And I felt like if you had him in the red zone, not only that – that gives McNabb, you know, an extra target and security blanket for him to throw. With T.O. coming back, I think they'll be more inclined to run because I think the one instance that people forget about Chad Lewis is that he was a really good run blocker as well. Yeah, he was. So I think that inclines Andy Reid to run the ball more. Well, yeah. And as much as Jim Johnson gets so much love here, and justifiably so, his inability to not stop or just Deion Brady – we had one of the best secondaries in all of football. That was this was this Lido and um, Sheldon? This was Lido and Sheldon's yeah. first year. Lido, Lido was a pro bowler. Dawkins was a pro bowler. Michael Lewis was also a pro bowler as well. Yeah, he was. Like, yeah, he was. And the fact that we couldn't stop Deion Branch still bothers me to this day. Yeah. Because, but in the end, Donovan McNabb was absolutely, he was worse than what I actually remember playing that Super Bowl. He threw a, uh, he fumbled on the first play, he fumbled on the first series, he threw a red zone interception. He, um, he threw another red zone interception that eventually got called back. I think that was to uh, Randall Gay. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was, he was on yeah, the Yeah, but, you know, the, the pick to Teddy Bruschi was absolutely abysmal because at that point I'm like, why are you targeting Dorsey Levitt to the pass? Yeah, that was stupid. Yeah, then the Rodney Harrison play, that was 17 seconds left. That, that, that really didn't matter. Yeah. But – McNabb couldn't have literally played worse. So, like, watching that Super Bowl all over again, I'm like, okay. It's it's like the easiest Super Bowl rankings in terms of quarterback plays that I've watched. I didn't watch – I was negative 12 years old when the Eagles made it to the first Super Bowl against Oakland. So, while well, like, Ron Javorski's, like, play didn't matter to me, but watching that, I'm like, Ron Javorski threw three interceptions that game. But, like, Foles obviously had the best Super Bowl performance. Jalen did because Jalen had the – the most rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in Super Bowl history. Yeah. And then McNabb, three touchdowns, but three, but three really bad and godly interceptions. Yeah. And a fumble. Yeah. But, like, if – if you even if you cut those turnovers in half, particularly the, the one in the red zone, they win that game. Yeah. And honestly, like, because of that, then that spiral to the whole T.O. contract situation – and, you know, McNabb picking sides and T.O. getting suspended. And that was it. That was your window to win the Super Bowl. And McNabb literally forced his Super Bowl opportunity out of the window when he chased T.O. out of town. Yeah. He he got rid of it. Yeah. And then you got trying to replace T.O., like I said, with Dante Stallworth, Kevin, Kevin Curtis, those type of players. You can't replace T.O. T.O. is a Hall of Famer. He's a top three receiver to ever play football in his entire life. So, yeah, you couldn't replace him. But the funny thing is that you talk about that. It's like the teams that New England beat, they only beat y'all, the Rams, and who was the other team? I can't remember. um, Carolina. Carolina by three points, by three, because they was cheating. (laughs) But for some reason why, I don't know why, Bill Belichick could not 
be Eli Manning. Why? Because you can't game plan for Eli Manning because he's Mr. Unpredictable. So that's why they didn't beat the, the Giants. But You can't game plan for someone who operates on a different level of playing like Eli Manning. Yeah, exactly. Like, Eli was just totally you different. You can't game plan for a catch like David Tyree. <laughs> yeah, you can't game plan for that neither. He just threw it up there, and Tyree just yeah. caught an amazing catch. But, again, yeah, I, I think y'all should have won that Super Bowl. Those Eagles defenses, y'all always had a good defense. Yeah. But secondary legitly from – Brian Dawkins, Troy Vincent, and Bobby Taylor. I forgot who was the who was the other safety it at didn't the time. <laughs> then y'all went from Bobby Taylor and Troy Vincent. Bobby Taylor went to Seattle. Troy Vincent went to Buffalo. Buffalo. Lido Shepard, Sheldon Brown come in. Still the same results. And then we saw and then Lido unfortunately, like with injury, then we get Asante Samuel. Asante Samuel. Y'all always like, they always say the 49ers get good linebackers. Y'all always got great corners. I can always say that about the Eagles. Yeah. And on that note, we're going to end the show. We are at 8 o'clock. Once again, this is Chris Thomas. And DeAndre Burton. And you're listening to the Running Back Sports Show, Sports for the Culture, every Tuesday from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern. Until next time, we will see you next week. Peace.